2 Corinthians chapter 8, the Bible says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And as this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus that, he had, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and in utterance and in knowledge and in, uh, in all diligence and in your love to, to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was, yet, uh, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor that ye through his poverty might be rich. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you, who, who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that man hath, that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not that other men be eased and ye be burdened, but by an equality, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. And as it is written, he that hath gathered much uh, had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no light. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the service thus far. And thank you for the good spirit of God. Thank you for the good songs. Thank you, Lord God, for the good time of prayer. Thank you for these good people that we're here in church with tonight. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for the word of God. As I thought about it early this morning, I would not know how to live had it not been for the word of God. My mind and uh, my thoughts uh, naturally are so far away from the way you tell us to live. I would be in an utter mess if I was left to myself. But I am so thankful for a Bible that guides us, directs us, and tells us how to live. Father, I pray tonight that you'd help us to live according to it. pray we'd preach it with power and unction of the Holy Ghost. God, you'd help me say everything I need to, nothing I don't. Thank you for these dear people that are so faithful in their giving already. I pray you'd encourage us to, to continue to be faithful and then to have the right heart in our giving. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. We've been preaching now on the church so long, but in the series we're in now, we've been dealing with several F's of the church. We talked about the foundation of the church and the, the faith of our church or the church and the function of the church, the focus of the church, the fellowship of the church, the fervency of the church. But now for several weeks we've been dealing with the faithfulness 
of the church. Our faithfulness in the work of the church. We talked about our faithfulness in serving in the church. And there is no greater life to live than serving Jesus in the local church. There is no greater joy uh, that I have than to serve the Lord in the ministry of the local church. And then last week we dealt with the faithfulness in our giving. started off about our giving. We talked about the grace of giving and the passion of giving. And I want to give you just real quick some background then we'll move on. But but the test of the local church is how we give and not just what we give but how we give it. Uh, the heart in which we give to the Lord. In the heart that we uh, in which we give to the work of the Lord. Just a little background here of first uh, 2 Corinthians 8 again uh, about what's going on here is there's a church at Macedonia that Paul is using as an example to the church at Corinth. And this church at Macedonia was in a place of intense persecution and deep poverty. Meaning that they were not accepted by their community. They were not liked by their community. I don't mean they were just uh, on Facebook calling them a cult. I don't mean they were just starting these uh, recovery podcasts about the church at Macedonia. No, no, no. I mean real persecution. Like jerking you up out of the church and, and killing you. You know, I mean like taking you out of the pulpit and throwing you in a dungeon kind of persecution. I mean, I mean uh, losing jobs, losing livelihoods because you are I mean, that kind of persecution. But then not only that, they were in a place of deep poverty. They didn't have money in the bank. They didn't have uh, uh, savings accounts. And they didn't have luxuries that we would think of. They, they, they did not have freedom and they did not have finances according to this world. Uh, they, had, they had freedom, but it wasn't the world's freedom. Uh, they had freedom in Christ, but they didn't have freedom in their country. Uh, they had finances in the Lord, but not finances in their wallet. Are you listening? Uh, and so they had deep poverty, they had intense persecution, but yet these Christians gave. The Bible says they gave liberally. Verse, verse number uh, 2, they had great trial of affliction, abundance of joy. That's, that's an oxymoron. Great trial of affliction, abundance, and joy. I wonder why it is that real Christians can have abundance of joy while they go through great trials of affliction. And yet, this ain't in the notes, by the way. And yet, carnal people, carnal saved people, can have a little bit of affliction and absolutely no joy. I wonder why that is. I'll tell you why. It's the grace of God, the Spirit of God working in their heart. Amen. And so the great trial of affliction and abundance of joy. And then watch this. Deep poverty abounded. You know what that word abound means? It is, here's the word picture for abound. Y'all ever been by a creek or a river that got out of the banks? Down in Rockmark where I'm from, the U-Harley Creek runs through there. The U-Harley Creek. And down in, in Seaborn Jones Park, it's, it's, a, it's a park, it's, it's, it goes down like this to the creek, and the roads are up here, and if a good rain comes in, Seaborn Jones Park absolutely fills up. I mean, it floods all the way up to the road. It is, I don't know, I mean, it, 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 it had to be, I don't know, uh, 30 foot deep waters. I mean, it gets out of the banks. Y'all been seeing that? That's what that word abound means. Listen, it says deep poverty abounded. Now that U-Harley Creek ain't that deep. I used to ride my bike to U-Harley Creek down there at Seaborn Jones Park 
we'd get off our bikes and we'd wade in that, in that creek water. And you'd get out there and a lot of it would be ankle deep. You might find a spot be knee deep. Very rarely would it ever get waist deep. I'm talking about just in the creek. But then them rains come down and it, and it, and it abounded. Got out of the bank, and I'm telling you, 30 foot deep. That's what kind of poverty these people had. Are you listening? They, they had deep poverty abounded, but watch this. Abounded unto the riches of their liberality. They were givers. This church faithfully gave, and this is what Paul, and this phrase the Holy Ghost said in verse number, verse number three, for to their power, I bear record. Paul said, I know the record. He said, I don't just guess. He said, I bear record. I know the record of this church beyond their power. Here, here's what I got, I, I got an idea. Paul the apostle knew the ledger report at the church of Macedonia. He'd seen the books. He'd seen the ledger. And he said, ain't no way them folks getting that. Watch it. It's almost the idea. He didn't just see the ledger for the church. He knew the ledger for each individual family. He said, I bear record. He said, I've seen what they've got and what they don't have. There's no way. He said, there's no way they could have gave that much. But watch this. They gave beyond their power. That's what the Holy Ghost allowed Paul to write there. Beyond their power. Beyond what they could give. And watch this. Here's, here's what we, we said last week. Giving is not a debt we owe. It's a seed we sow. And here's the, the mindset, and this we're going to get to in just a minute. They were giving to invest in an eternal harvest. They were giving, investing in something that is eternal. Watch this. And something that's sure. You may have investments in this life, and that's well and fine. You may have an IRA or a 401k or I don't know all, the, all that stuff. I don't know nothing about that. I have no idea about that stuff. I have no idea. I don't have nothing in it. I ain't got nothing but it. I ain't got nothing. But you may have that. And there's nothing wrong with that. There ain't nothing wrong with that. But watch this. Ain't none of that secure. I was 22 when I started my career. The financial advisor came and sat at my desk. And he said, he said, all right, you've got to put some money in investments and stocks and all that kind of stuff. And I said, I said, sir. I said, I'm, I'm not smart about that stuff. I don't know nothing about that stuff. I said, but how, how secure is all that? Well, that's pretty sure. I said, oh, I need numbers now. I said, I'm a numbers man. I said, I need a guarantee that I'm not going to lose no money. Well, if you put it here, here, it's the safest. I said, that don't sound real secure to me. I said, if you can't tell me it's 100% sure. I said, sir, I've got a good, I got a good idea. I'm going to spend a lot more money I ought to. I don't need you spending my money. And this is what I said. I said, I just married a wife, and she's probably going to spend a lot of it. I just got married. I mean, that weekend, just got married. I said, I just got married, and she'll probably spend a lot of it. I don't need you spend. I said, she's pretty. Amen? And she smooches on me. She can spend my money. But you, sir, you better not be smooching on me. I said, you're ugly, and I don't know you. You ain't spending my money. That's what I told him. He said, you sound like an old man. I said, well, I ain't old, but I, say, I, ain't, I ain't dumb either. I'm not letting you take my money. Hey, watch it. Well, I got off on that. What I'm saying is, ain't nothing wrong with y'all doing that stuff. Amen? Ain't nothing wrong with it. But what you're investing in is not 100% secure. And it's all temporal. Somebody said, I wish I'd have got Bitcoin. Bitcoin, that's bill, but you know what? That's all, that's all temporal. We start a bought stock in this one, and, but that's all temporary. And again, I ain't get, I'm not on to you. I'm not saying I'm not preaching against that tonight. If you go out saying that, it's because you ain't listening. Amen. What I'm saying is, when you invest in the work of the Lord, it is sure, it is secure, and it is eternal. 
And that's what Macedonia realized. The church at Macedonia, I say this just by way of, again, re refreshing our memory, is that they had the passion to give because they had the grace of God bestowed upon them. They had the grace of God. The Bible says in verse 1, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. They were giving out of a passionate heart. They were not giving prompted by guilt. They were not guilted into to giving. Remember, remember Paul said, I tried to tell them not to give that much. Watch this, verse 4. Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of ministry to the saints. He said, they had to make me take, I knew they couldn't afford that. I knew that was too big of an offering. He said, but they, I tried to say, you can give a little less than that. You don't have to give that much. But they made me, they prayed me with much entreaty. Would not let me leave without it in my hand. So here's what, here's what Paul wasn't guilting them into giving. Watch this. They were not giving out of guilt and they were not giving out of greed. Now listen to me. You give to the work of the Lord and God will take care of you. He will supply your need. I can tell you that because of the promises of the word of God and I can tell you that from experiences in my life. But watch this. You are not going to back God up in a corner. Like he's TBN preacher. And if you watch that stuff, you need to blow your television up. I'm serious. There's not one, I mean one, I mean one, and you're not going to convince me otherwise, of one preacher worth anything on TBN because if they were they wouldn't be on TBN yeah man and they'll tell you sow a seed to our ministry and God will give you all you want he'll give you what you need hello what I'm saying is some people give and say well if I give God will God will God will and this is what they'll say they'll use it because they think they're spiritual God will bless me and what you really are hoping is that's like it's like a lottery ticket now, I don't think there's somebody in here like this, but we need to make sure there's, we keep our mind right, okay? We've got to keep our heart right. You think, well, if I, if I give a little bit in the offering plate, God will give me tenfold back. Well, he might, but he might not. You might put an offering plate, and he just give you another day to breathe. You might give an offering plate, and he just give you food and water and clothes and a roof over your head. How about that? That's what you need. Amen. Hey, what I'm saying is, you can't outgive God, and you give to the work of the Lord, you give to God, He will take care of you, but He may not give you all the prosperity and the fame and fortune and all that other stuff. Again, like scratching off a lottery ticket. Heard on the radio coming down the road today that the, the jackpot, whatever that thing's called, mega ball, whatever it's called, 600-something million, I don't know how much it was. We saw the sign yesterday, and it came on the radio, and Nolan said, what's that? I mean, he got his attention, but he wants that money. I said, it's gambling, it's a sin, it's wicked. A lot of people try to gamble with God. And so they'll, they, they some that give out of guilt, they're guilted into it. I've been there, I've been guilted into giving. You probably have too. Somebody give you a sad story. I've watched some, I've, I've, I've watched early on in my ministry here of, of these missionaries that, that can't answer me a single question about their mission field, but they get up here and sing a little pretty song and tell you a little sad story. And I've seen tears coming down some, and, I, but, and I'm not saying anything wrong with that. And, 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 and this guy's a joke. I remember one particular from the Philippines, I, I pulled to the side, I said, buddy, your little sad story's got these people's tears jerking, they're probably going to give you money. I said, but our church ain't giving you nothing. I said, you're a joke and you're a shyster is what you are. You don't even know, you've been on the mission field for six years in that country and you don't know nothing about it. I said, buddy, you are a shyster. You better head on back to the Philippines. 
They don't call us much more anymore. Amen. I think it's the same one that his wife had a baby and, and within three months she left her baby over in the Philippines to come over here to raise money. My wife don't say nothing much to them, Philipp- them missionary women. She don't ever talk to women. She said, ma'am, you're crazy. Because you are out of the will of God. You're supposed to be raising that baby. Ain't no way in the world. You're supposed to be over here doing what you're doing and leaving your baby over there. She said, you are not in the will of God. But they'll give you a little sad story. You've been guilted into giving before. You, you say, no, no, no. I, listen, they, they got a purpose for them sad commercials, don't they? Huh? Them little, they're more commercials now over beat down dogs and cats than they are babies no more because that's what kind of society we're in. God help. And, but but, but they'll, they'll put that, they'll guilt you into it. You've been guilted in church. You've been guilted on television and radio to give. And watch this. And you may have even give out of greed before thinking if I give, God will give me more. But this church wasn't guilted into it and they wasn't greeted into it. They were graced into it. <laughs> Here they gave out of a heart of grace. They gave, why? Because the grace of God was bestowed upon them. It was furnished. It was given. They had no ulterior motives. They had no guilt or no greed. It was empowered by the Holy Ghost of God. And listen, that wasn't manufactured by Paul. That wasn't manufactured by God. I mean by these people. It was manufactured by God. The grace of God bestowed, supplied them. And that grace gave them a desire to give. You know, when we give to the work of the Lord, it is the grace of God moving us to give. Here's what Paul said in verse number 7. He said, therefore, as ye abound, there's that word again, in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and all diligence, and in your love toward us, see that ye abound in this grace also. Corinth, you got a lot of good things going for you. You got a good strong church and you got a lot of faith and a lot of utterance. I explained all that last week. He said, so ask God. If he can give you grace for all that ministry work, he can give you grace to give. Because here's the problem that Paul was seeing. Church at Macedonia was in deep poverty and great affliction, but yet they gave liberally. Corinth was at ease at Zion, if you will. They had plenty of stuff. They had finances. They had a little bit easier time. They weren't being as persecuted like Macedonia was. And they had resources, but yet they didn't give much. And it bothered, it bothered the Apostle Paul. And I'll say this, it bothered the Holy Ghost enough to write a letter to him. Hello? And so Paul said, if you've got grace, if God's given you the grace and, and the, to be, the, you've abounded in everything. Faith, you've got great faith and you've got great preachers and you've got great knowledge of the scriptures and you, you work hard, you're diligent in the work and, and you love people, right? Man, you've got it going on. If God can help you with that, he can help you with this giving thing too. He said, pray that you abound, see that you abound in this grace also. So, so we see that so we see here that is grace motivated giving. Watch this. Guilt motivated giving might produce finances, but it'll, it'll produce bitterness as well. Eventually you'll get bitter. You'll get bitter. I sat across a man. We went to a bed and breakfast for our anniversary. Was that anniversary? I don't know what it was. Anyway, sometime we went to a bed and breakfast. And uh, we sat down at breakfast with this couple from somewhere off somewhere. I don't remember where they was from. Arizona, I think. Anyway, we got in a, man, it gets nervous. Politics and religion. Because my politics always ends up in religion. Amen? 
because I'm always going to ask what they think about killing babies. I don't give a rip about taking my money. What about taking my babies and killing them? Amen? Because if I take your babies, they're going to take your money. Amen? <laughs> that same crowd taking them babies and killing them, they're going to kill, they take your money. Watch this. And so, so we ended up on church. And this man said, I just couldn't believe every time I'd go into a church, they was asking everybody to give this money, taking this money, taking this money, taking this money, taking this money. Taking. I said, I don't know what church you're at. I ain't ever, ever been to a church taking money. I said, offerings are received. Offerings are giving of grace. Now, we was in the church service one time. One time, a preacher got up and was testifying about his days before he saved. Some of y'all was there, too, I think. And he's testifying about how he used to rob banks. Then all of a sudden, he said, I believe we ought to take up an offering. Amanda looked at me. She said, he's going to rob us? <laughs> Why didn't he tell that story before he's taking up offering? <laughs> and, uh, and so, but, but. People get bitter when they're guilted into giving. And then greed, greed giving, trying to obligate God to something, you'll miss the joy of giving. Because you'll give it looking for what's God going to do, what's God going to do. God wants you to give being motivated by his grace, by him prompting in your heart. Now let's, let's move on. God, and I, I talked to you about the willing hearts that they had, the ministering hearts they had, the sacrificial hearts they had, but let's move on. Tonight, out of the passion of giving, but their perspective in giving. Because that's, that's what matters. You've got to have the grace of God, but your mind and your heart's got to be right about this giving thing. See, he reminded the church at Corinth there is a two-fold perspective in giving. Number one, to finish a commitment. Apparently, according to the Word of God, and we're going to look here in just a second, in verse 10, the church at Corinth had made some type of commitment a year before this letter comes to them. And they, they committed to participate in an offering for the Jerusalem church. Kind of like what we do, faith promise missions. Right? Very similar. What we did in November was we committed as individuals and as a church, we are going to give this amount of money for 2023 to give to world evangelism. We're committing a year in advance, all right? Here's what he said in verse number 10. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. You committed. You committed to give to the Lord. Watch this. The grace of God moved on their hearts, caused them to make a commitment. Now, verse 6 says, he's sending Titus down there, and Titus was going down there to remind them to follow up on the commitments you made. You said you was going to do it. Do it. Amen. It's amazing. People pay their bills but won't pay their commitments. Amen. Hello now. Good Christians pay their bills, by the way. Amen. And pay them on time. Praise the Lord. Hey, look, 1 Chronicles 28, 20. Mark it down. You can go look at it later. David said to Solomon, his son, Be strong and of good courage and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed. For the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. David challenged Solomon to follow through on what God had given you to do. Do what God's told you. If God gave you the grace to give, he told you to give, you've committed to give, then give. The perspective was, I'm going to fulfill the commitment I made. I'm going to 
finish the commitment I made. See, a heart of willingness is not enough if we lack the trust in God to follow through on our commitments. God knows my heart. Yeah, but he sees what you're doing. Right? That's a cop-out, by the way. That's a cop-out for living however you want to live. God knows my heart. You're exactly right. That's the scariest thing. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and the legs walk. Amen? I know the Bible says the mouth speaks. Watch this. God, commitments are, are sustained through the grace of God, but they're realized, made, made a reality when we follow through with those commitments. Like a basic commitment that every Christian ought to be involved in is faithfully tithing. Tithing. 10% of your, your income to the Lord. Now you say, I ain't never heard of that. Well, it's great. Good, good you're here on Wednesday night. Now, I know there's different, different folks here taught different things as far as maybe growing up. And some of you may have never, ever, ever been taught. I know, I know kids raised in preachers' homes. They never taught about tithing. And that same preacher probably blowed people out not giving to the church. But anyway, uh, tithing, 10%. Basic, 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 basic. That's a starting point. I was taught my whole life about tithing. First job I ever had at the, at the Ingalls grocery store in Rockmar. I only had it for a couple weeks because Buddy didn't understand I am not working on Sunday. At my interview, I said, uh, I got one. I'm not working on Sunday. I can't work on Sunday. I'm a Christian. He said, well, I am too. I said, well, I'm a Christian that actually goes to church on Sunday. I said, I'm not working on Sunday. I was 16 years old. He said, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Two weeks in a row, he kept scheduling me on Sunday. I said, sir, I told you I'm not working on Sunday. He said, well, find somebody to trade with you. I said, okay. So I did. Next week, he put out the schedule. He said, nobody's trading this week. He put me on Sunday again. Guess what I didn't do? Didn't go to work on Sunday. He called me like he was shocked. I said, sir, I don't know who you are. I said, I don't know how smart you are, but sir, I told you I'm not working on Sunday. I'm in it. I wasn't playing I don't need your little money from your grocery store. There's another one across the highway I'll go work at. That, oh, it's closed on Sunday. So guess what I had to do? Turn in my apron and my little hat and my little collared shirt, and I went to the one across the highway that didn't sell beer or lottery tickets and was closed on Sunday. Hallelujah. Amen. And got a raise, praise God. But anyway, got that first job. And my first paycheck, oh, mama, and I hated it too back then, but thank God for it now. She said, you got paid today, didn't you, boy? Yes, ma'am. How much you get paid? I don't remember. $70, $50, I don't know. She said 10% of that's the Lord's. 10% of it's the Lord's. And every week, you put 10% back, I, it got on my nerves. You, did you put 10% back? Give the Lord? It got on my nerves. So I'm so thankful for a mama that taught me about tithing. Then I got in my 20s, and we had a stewardship conference at Skyline. Brother Terry Ellis preached a week, like we do our missions conference, Wednesday through Saturday night. We did a stewardship conference, and I learned more about not just tithing, but about love offerings, special offerings, missions offerings. I didn't know, all, I didn't know all, anything about all that stuff. God helped me with tithing. And I'll say this, you live to the light you have, and God will help you. I remember the days of tithing of exactly... 10%. And what I mean by exactly, I mean to the penny. I know no better. I'm I remember the days early on in giving. 
Well, I mean, I did 10% to the penny in that check. And you say, well, that's, some of you probably ain't never been there. That's fine. That's where I was. I didn't know. And I remember the days I thought, well, I can give more. I give more. And I started giving more. and started giving more. started giving more. What, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying, there's a basic commitment as a Christian is to tithe. Now, you can get tithe on that if you want to, but it's right. And I know there's a bunch of preachers out there that teach the tithe ain't right. No, the tithe is the basic. It's the base. It's the base. It's the starting point. You, baby Christians tithe. Okay? They, 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 they tithe. But watch this. In the New Testament, it goes beyond that. I want you to understand, 2 Corinthians 8 is not talking about the tithe. 2 Corinthians 8 is beyond the tithe. Because New Testament Christians gave far beyond 10%. Why? Because God's grace worked far beyond the law in their hearts. Amen? And so, so God's grace worked in their heart. They wanted to give sacrificially. And again, the tithe is the baseline. So number one, one were one, their perspective was to finish their commitment. But I'm going to tell you number two is the most important one. Number two is it's last because I want you to remember it, is their focus was on Christ. What's our theme this year? He must increase, but I must decrease. Our focus has got to be on Christ. Look what he says in verse uh, number 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. When Paul challenged the members of the church at Corinth concerning their giving, he didn't focus their attention on just on Macedonia's giving. He reminded them of the sacrificial gift of Jesus Christ. He said, I, would you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? Let me say, the Christian life, the Christian life will never make sense until your eyes are focused on Jesus. The reason some of you in this room tonight struggle with living the Christian life is because your focus is not in the right place. Your focus is not on Christ. Your focus is on the preacher or your focus is on this one or on that one, on how you're better than that one or they're better than you or I'll never do this or that. Or your focus is on yourself. But you'll never live this Christian life until your focus is on Jesus Christ. And especially the matter of Christian giving. Warren Wearsby said, Christian giving does not depend on material circumstance so much as spiritual convictions. Don't hear that? Christian, spiritual giving. Christian giving does not depend on material circumstance so much as spiritual convictions. You get focusing on the Lord, verse number 9, verse number 8, look what this Bible says, I speak not by commandment but by occasion of the forwardness of others. Watch this. And to prove the sincerity of your love. When you focus your giving on the Lord Jesus Christ, when you focus on the Lord, that produces sincerity in our giving. Paul said, I'm not trying to command you to give. I'm not going to make you give. We don't work like that around here. Not, I don't want to put y'all on the spot, but y'all last ones are doing here. Just join Sunday. We met last Sunday, and we talked about joining. Did I make y'all sign a contract you was going to give this work of this church? Did I say, now, bless God, if you're going to be a member here, you better give everything you got here. We didn't, all we talked about on giving side, now, they'll be honest now, if I'm a liar, call me a liar. All we talked about is the difference in the way we give to missions versus them Southern Baptist churches give to missions. 
Amen. That's because they, I mean, and we, that's all we talked about. Is that right? I didn't make a sign of contract, did you? Nobody else here did that either. Ain't nobody here. And, and y'all folks that was here before I got here, I didn't sit y'all down and say, now, before I take this pastor, now, I got to make sure y'all all, y'all got to turn in your giving receipts. Huh? Ms. Claire, if I ever ask you, I want to know who's giving, who don't give. Never have. Ten years almost. Never ask her. I need a giving report. Never have asked her, well, do they give? Do they give or not? Brother Mike, Brother James, Brother Nathan, Brother Tim, y'all helped, y'all can't. Have I ever come back here and said, let me see that check. Let me see who's giving or not. Never. You know why? Because I ain't between me and you. I ain't between me and you. It's between you and God. I'm not commanding you. I'm not demanding you. It is the grace of God that works for us. And watch this. And let's say this. Just like I'm not commanding you or demanding you to live for Jesus. Right? I'm not make you sign a contract. You're going to do this, do this, do this, do this, do that. No. You fall in love with Jesus, you're going to do this, do this, do that. Listen, you fall in love with Jesus, you focus your attention on Jesus and it'll take care of itself. Focus on the Lord produces sincerity in our giving. Here's what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, if you love the Lord in truth, you're going to demonstrate that through your actions. Just like God showed us he loved us by giving his son. Romans 5 and 8. But God commendeth his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He showed us he loved us. He didn't just tell us. You focus on the Lord, it'll give you sincerity in your giving. You focus on the Lord, it'll give you sacrificial giving. Verse 9 is talking about the great sacrifice Christ made for us. Listen, you giving up anything for the Lord is, is, it pales in comparison to what He gave up for you. Are you listening? Give up anything. Somebody said, oh, you giving up? I remember when I, was, when I stepped away from that public school system, that government job, all that stuff. You know what you're giving up? People call me I've never had conversations with from the school system. Do you realize what you're giving up? you realize what you're doing? Hey, some in the church said, you know what you're doing? Yeah, just a real little bit compared to what Jesus did for me. Very, very little compared to what Jesus did for me. Very little compared to what Jesus gave up for me. You won't ever give up anything that Christ hadn't gave up more for. See, Christian giving is motivated by the cross of Calvary. We, we see the unspeakable gift that Christ gave us and we want to return our thanks in giving to his work so their perspective is right. You get your mind right and everything will take care of itself. Their passion in giving, their perspective. Last thing I'm done, their performance in giving. Look, look, look right quick. Paul didn't just say have a heart for giving. He said follow through with your giving. Look what he says, verse number 11. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it. Look verse number, number 12. For if there first be a willing mind, is it accepted according to a man hath and not according to what he hath? Not, or verse, verse number 11 at the very end says this. Let me go back, verse 11. For now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, you had a mind, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. There was a church service one time and a pastor was sharing his desire and the need 
that congregation to have a new Sunday school building. He was, he was, he was talking about the need of a Sunday school building, kind of like we were in a couple, a couple years ago. And he said, I don't know who's going to help us pay for this new building, but we've got to have it. And a lady approached him in the foyer after service and said, Pastor, I'm glad you said you didn't know who, who's going to help us pay for that new building. For a minute, I thought you was going to ask us to help. <laughs> That's how some people have, think about giving. Because they're seeing y'all must not be awake. The point of execution. Here's what she, the execution of giving. Performing the doing of it. See, without performing you're all talk with no fruit to show for. See, Paul, here's what he's saying. He's saying, give that that you said you was give. But watch this. He says, give, watch what it says in verse number 11 at the end, out of that which ye have. See, sometimes all you think about it when you think about giving is what you don't have. But God had never asked you to give out of what you don't have. He's asking you to give out of what you do have. See, we lament, we, we stress about what we don't have. We don't give sacrificially from what we do have. One man said it like this, it's not what you do with the millions of fortune air be your lot. It's what are you doing with the dollar and quarter you got. Well, if I had this, I'd give. No, you wouldn't because you ain't giving out of what you got. Paul didn't say, Corinth, go give what you don't have, he said, give out of what you do have. A woman in the New Testament, we don't know who it is. We, we saw her do this. Jesus is going to the cross. And a woman comes to the door, and before he goes and gives his life for our sins, he, she brought a, a box of precious ointment and poured every drop of it on Christ. A lot of people criticized what she did that day, but Jesus said that was sacrificial giving and said it like this, she done what she could. She gave out of what she had. Psalm 116, 12. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Verse 17 and 18 in that same chapter said, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his the execution of it. Hey, just do it. Just give. That's what he said. Just, just do it. Just give. And then, won't you notice this, and I'm done, the equality of it. The equality. Notice Paul never gave a specific amount in this chapter. That's why I'm saying this is not about tithing here. This is called grace giving, and some, some people call it grace giving. Some people call it love giving. We call it faith promise when we talk about mainly missions. This is a regarding a helping a, a ministry, so we, we talk about faith promise. But, but here's, here's what he says. He's not giving a specific amount. He's saying give with equal sacrifice. Look at the words, verse number 13. He said, for I mean not that other men be eased and ye burdened. You know, if I put out an amount and I said, all right, we're going to take up an offer and I need everybody to give $100. I need everybody, could you give me $100 for this offering? Could you just give $100 to some? $100 wouldn't be no problem. To others, it'd be hard. If I said, all right, we're going to give, 
I, and listen, and I can go on and give a certain amount. Or if I say, all right, all right, we're going to give. I need everybody to commit for a year. Would you bump your tithe up to 30% instead of 10%? Would you do that now? And some say, well, that's fine. That's, I can, I'll praise the Lord. And others say, well, that'd be hard. He didn't do that, did he? Watch what he says. I don't mean that other men be easy and you burdened. Look, verse 14 says, but by equality. That now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want. He's saying this, that church at Jerusalem struggling more than what you are. And if you could supply them out of your supply, help them be a, be a blessing to their want. Watch this, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want. He said one day they're going to have to give back. Watch this, watch this. In view of missions, watch this. I can't be in Africa today. I got a want. I got a want to to be there. I got a want to to be in Papua New Guinea today. I got a want to to be in India today. I got a want to to be in Honduras today. I got a want to to be, I mean, I can go on and on. I want to, I want to. Our church wants to get the gospel to all them people, but we can't do it. No, we're not, we can't do it while we're here. So what we do, we give out of our supply to that missionary. And you know what he's doing? He's supplying. Hey, can't be in St. George, Utah today. But we gave and we're giving to the Howard family and preach the gospel to them people that are dying and going to hell. Most of them, a lot of them's Mormon. And listen, our want is for them to be saved. And what our supply is, we give money to help him do it. And watch this, he's supplying to our want. That's a view of missions, but the tables will turn one day. Watch what he says in verse 14, I'm still there, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for their want. Watch this, that there may be equality. And watch what he says in verse 15. As it is written, he that hath gathered much had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. He refers back to Israel in the wilderness. And that manna falling down. Back in Exodus chapter 16, Verse 17 through 18 says, And the children of Israel did so, and gathered some more, some less. And when they did meet it and with a omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. God instructed the Israelites to gather the manna in proportion to what you're eating. A one man, single man or a single lady don't need as much as a family of, of seven or eight, right? So ain't no sense in him gathering up as much. And, and so, and, and watch this, and so he's comparing, the Holy Ghost is comparing this to the, you give in proportion to what you have. You give in proportion to your... Now, it's, it's strange, though. It's strange because it seems as if the more God's blessed us, the more apt we are to be stingy and selfish. Give you this little data point. We're almost done. Time Magazine, back in 2014, did a report. It said that Mississippi was the 49th, um, ranked 49th, in per capita income means they were the 49th poorest state in the in the nation 49th y'all know we got 50 of them <laughs> they're one step away from being the last place but watch this but they were the second highest giving state the 49th poorest state 49th rich I don't know how you anyway 49th low low man on the bottom on, on poverty 
but they were second in charitable giving. Compared to Massachusetts, that was fourth in per capita, but they were 49th in giving. In, by state, the poorest state was given a lot more than the richest state. It seems as if, seems as if that's what's happening here. Macedonia was a poor church giving lots. Corinth was a rich church giving little. That happens in our lives. When we got little, it's easier to give. When we got a lot, we get stingy. Here's what he's saying. You give in proportion to God's blessing on your life. 1 Corinthians 16, 2 is talking about tithe and storehouse giving. He said, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him. Tell you what lack of giving is tonight. We close. Look, Tim, if you can play safe. Lack of giving is often an indicator of a lack of gratitude. But freely giving is often a showing of free gratitude. I'll tell you what freely giving does. It renews your gratitude to the Lord. Say this in closing tonight. The essence of Christianity is giving. The essence of Christianity is that Christ gave himself for us. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. You think about the sacrifice Christ gave for us? I think we can get back to being faithful in giving. Now let me say something as I close tonight. This is not a message because I think you don't give. I don't know who in here gives and who don't. We had a good offering on Sunday. <laughs> had a great, good offering. Solid offering. This is a giving church. Me and Brother Nathan had that conversation on, on the way home right? yeah, last night. We've got a giving church. I am so thankful for that. You know what? That's not just a testimony of a church member, pastor. That's, that's what people know. This is a giving church. I'm thankful for that. This is not a message because, you know, that's what preaching through books and having series and letting God direct you preaching. And you know what? This, this message was written down long time ago months ago I prepared this series months ago this wasn't because of a bad offering on a Sunday hey and this wasn't because we would come short last year a little bit on missions you know what this is it's because Bible preaching we need to be reminded that our giving must first come from a grace that God has given us. It must come from the grace of God. That it must come from a view of Calvary, a view of the cross. It must be come from a view of Him increasing and us decreasing. It must come from a perspective of focusing on the cross. And then it must come. It's got to be performed. Couldn't do it without you. God can do whatever he wants. He could. He, he don't need your money. He's, he owns everything. But watch this. He uses it to get the gospel out. You know, for us to continue to do what we do, we've got to have people faithful in serving, but we've got to have faithful in giving. I'll say this. 
I got friends and, and, and they, they get really, really worked up and they, they'll go to youth meetings and they'll say, you know, we don't need no more plumbers and we don't need no more lawyers and doctors. I heard, I heard one of them say, well, my good friend, we have blessed God, we don't need no more blah, blah, blah. I said, wait a minute. Yeah, we do. I mean, I want all y'all to go to the mission field, but then if all y'all go to the mission field, who's going who's gonna to support them? Right? If every one of us go to a mission field and ain't nobody left here, how are we going to keep supporting the missionaries we support? How are we going to add to the missions? Who's going to reach the people here? I understand we get zealous in our preaching. Sometimes we say stuff we don't mean. I've done it a million times, and I'll do it a million more times. As long as, and listen, you stand up in front of people talking all the time, you're going to say some stuff that ain't right. But whether you're a missionary on the foreign soil or out, you know, like that, or in full-time Christian service serving the Lord, or working a job, supporting the ministry, being faithful down at the job so you can support the ministry, the great giving that we give ought to be in proportion to the blessings God's given us. Thank God for a given church. Thank God for giving church. We want to continue to be that way. I've said it several times during this series. Y'all realize it could, like that, it could be over. This good testimony, this church for all these years, like that, could be gone. It'd all be ruined. Better men than I have fallen. Better churches than this have fallen. talking about I know I gotta quit she's talking about a great church that's had a great history pastor after pastor it just seems like they've done great probably the independent Baptist church of the south and we started talking about how God's blessed but then we started talking about of the other churches that were the churches e, the independent Baptist and they're not even in existence no more but the where's not here tonight but he went to temple Tennessee temple Highland Park Baptist Church in Chattanooga was the, Miss Kathy, that's where you went. You, you mentioned Highland Park when you, we was talking the other day. That's when you went, you went as a child. Brother, Brother Ware went there to college. Highland Park, that great church, that great school, the great college, it's not even there. It's a ghost town. Some liberal outfit took the buildings over. You think it couldn't happen down here? Forest Park in Atlanta, Dr. Curtis Hudson had the largest Sunday school in America in the 70s. Largest independent fundamental King James only missionary, soul winning, hellfire brimstone preaching in the 70s had the largest Sunday school in America. It's not even a church anymore. Okay? Don't think it can happen here? Happen. We gotta stay right. Let's all stand heads bowed and eyes closed. Your passion in giving. What's your perspective of giving? How's your performance in giving?